Welcome back to Hedging Happiness. We we did it, Luke. We did it. We got our first episode in the books. We did hit record. Uh, fingers crossed on that one. We were a little nervous, and uh, we did it, though. We are on to week two. We are thankful for all the people who have listened. We've gotten a few recommendations for things that we need to start including, and um, we're excited to kind of continue on with this. Uh, for this week's show, we're going to review the games, week one games, review our gambling picks, how well we did, how poorly we did. We're going to preview some of the big week two games that we have a little action on, and Thursday is the first NFL game, week one NFL. Uh, so we're excited. We're excited to have you guys here with us, and uh, let's let's go in and get started with this, right? Yeah, I think a uh, big shout out to everyone who listened and to uh, my fiance who listened to about half. So that's uh, a good starting point. <laughs> my, uh, my girlfriend has not listened to any of it yet or looked up any <laughs> of the social media, which is fine. We, I played it out loud for her for about five minutes, and she was like, oh, this is actually not too bad. So that's, the, that's where the bar is, not too bad. You know, sometimes when family gives you, like I sent it to my family and everyone texts, oh, this is amazing, this is amazing. And it's like almost like, too much yeah you know and you're like okay like am i like at first you're like oh they like it then you're like okay this is so much that it might be really bad and they're just too like they don't want to hurt my feelings so we're i hopefully we're not there but um we'll see it'll it'll only we'll know after we keep releasing a few more episodes because if it were about five episodes in and they're not listening to all of it anymore then we we kind of know how genuine that week one, those week one compliments were. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, we're tracking, we're tracking our 15 views. Don't, don't worry. We'll know where we're trending. Yeah. We've got the analytics up and running. <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess we had a few requests and I'll let you take this one. We had some requests to kind of explain basically what gambling is and what the lines are. So when we do talk about these things, hopefully um, everyone is, you know, informed and kind of know what we're talking about. I think the easiest way to start is to understand that there are three types of bets. And the best way to like see that visually is to download FanDuel, uh, not a sponsor, uh, but they, it's actually reverse sponsorship. They take all my money. <laughs> um, but like there, there are three, I would say there are like three bets to think of. The first two are, are the easier ones. It's the over-under, right? On FanDuel, it'll be maybe like O and U. And that's just how many total points will be scored in a game. So, you know, I'm looking at Kansas at Coastal Carolina right now, and it's 52 and a half. So you can bet that a total number of points will be, the total number of points will be over 52 and a half, or it can be under 52 and a half. That's just an over-under bet. Very straightforward. Uh, I'd say the next one is called a money line. And when you think of money line, just think of who's going to win, right? Um, the trick of the money line that makes it a little bit more difficult is if I'm looking at Kansas Coastal, Coastal Carolina, I see Kansas, I see plus 1,260. And you're like, what, what the heck does that mean? Plus 1,260 means if you bet $100, you'll win $1,260. The plus means that's what you'll win if you bet $100. Now, on the opposite side, if you bet Coastal Carolina, 
you'll see it's minus 4,000 on the money line. The minus means that's what you need to bet to win $100. So you have to bet $4,000 to win 100. That implies that Coastal Carolina is a huge favorite, right? And then the next one is a little bit more complicated. It's the spread. I think the best way that it was explained to me when I first started um, is whatever the final score is, you add the spread to one team's side, and if they win, still win, you win. Let's take an easy example. Coastal Carolina and Kansas, the spread is 25 and a half points. Plus 25 and a half for Kansas, minus 25 and a half for Coastal Carolina. So let's say the final score is Coastal Carolina 50, Kansas 0. And you decided to bet Coastal Carolina minus 25 and a half. So it's 50 to 0. Now you subtract 50 points from Coastal Carolina's score, or 25 and a half points from Coastal Carolina's score. So the new score would be. 24 and a half to zero. Does Coastal Carolina still win? Yes, you win the bet. That that one can be a little bit more complicated. I'd say start by betting a dollar on the spread and you'll very quickly figure out how it works. Um, just use, use a little bit of play money to follow that one. Money line over under a little bit more straightforward. I think that's pretty good. If the thing is it's it's really not too complicated, but it, it can be a lot at first. So kind of like what you were saying, if you just, you know, maybe do a little research too if you're still confused. And like Luke was saying, if you want some action, just bet a dollar and see kind of how it goes. Bet a couple dollars. Then you start getting the hang of it and, you you know, you can up your stakes a little bit more to whatever you desire, but I think, you know, you don't wanna be betting anything where you don't know what's going on. And that's pretty, that's some good advice because otherwise you'll be upset. Uh, <laughs> you'll be upset when you think you won something and your money got taken away. There are some times where we've bet where, <laughs> where Beezer will text me and he'll be like, dude, I'm on this massive par parlay rap slash round robin and I'm like, <laughs> you're like relaying that you're relaying the games to me. I'm like, dude, I don't even know what you need to happen, but you sound happy. <laughs> you, and then at the end of the day, I'll be like, how'd your round robin go? And you're like, ah, I lost like 10 bucks. I don't know what happened. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I'm always excited usually in the first quarter because typically the games are kind of close. So it's my, I've got, <laughs> I've got my hope still going. Um, we'll, we'll transition that into the preview for week one. Um, Obviously, there, there were some interesting games. I think one of our teams that we really liked going into week one was Oklahoma. They certainly... Very scary. <laughs> did not look great, but they it was weird. They like were crushing them in the first half, and then they were decided to let them back in, and then they very easily could have lost that game. Um, Dude, it was, a, uh, it was a scary sandwich. Scary in the beginning, good in the middle, scary at the end. Absolutely, and I don't even know. Like, obviously, like, like that's a wake up call, but I, that's more than a wake up call. That's that's not like a ah, you know, we took our foot off the gas. That was a full on panic. And if you're a fan of the Sooners, you can't be happy. Like, you you can't 
actually go into next or into the season now thinking, you know what, we are we have a real shot at winning a national championship. No, and I think I think whatever what I expected to happen was exactly what happened in the Bama Miami game. Yep. Just just like obliteration, right? And the the real like reason we liked Oklahoma was like, yes, they're gonna have a good offense, but it was like, okay, this defense is like turning the corner, it's gonna be serviceable. And they I mean, Tulane's not a bad offense, but they just could not stop giving up points. And it was easy and it was quick. And Rattler Rattler wasn't even sharp. Like it was just uh not what you'd expect. A lot of a lot of room for improvement and you know to get comfortable around that bed again. I think if I could, I'd take it back. Uh, <laughs> I take it back. But <laughs> I take it back. It's not especially especially given what happened in the night game with Georgia and Clemson. Yeah, so that right? was like that was the marquee matchup, three versus five. I even the experts, you know, the both they were all saying both these teams have really good defenses, right? But I don't think anybody expected that kind of game. No, I think, and I, I was watching the game, and I honestly believe this is, and I think this is what happens in a lot of like SEC, especially old school SEC games, is Georgia, Clemson comes out in offense, they struggle to get it going, right? They punt. Georgia sees that, and they're like, look, like looks like our defense has control. We're not going to you know, start throwing bombs and start forcing the issue. We'll try and just play good football, and then our defense will take care of business. We'll win some field, you know, field the field position game, and then like we'll get a touchdown here or there. And I think both teams settled into that, like let's play, de- let's let our defense win and our offense not mess up. Um, and that's why you get like a ten three game with a pick six. Yeah, right? they, but the game was not exciting, but like. It, it was a good old-fashioned defensive battle, and you never, you just don't see that ever in college football anymore. So, like, and look, if you look at it in one sense, maybe it was refreshing, right? Because college football now is who has a good enough defense where they can stop the other team, but you have to have a good offense. And we'll see if Georgia what they end up doing this year. Yeah. If that and good defense can, they can rely on that. It would, it would be something different. And look, like I think. These are always like the interesting games to bet, right? Like Georgia coming off a big win where the offense doesn't look great. Like, is it going to be a letdown? I think that offense is still really good, right? And I know they've had some injury. They had some like wide receiver injuries in that Clemson game. Mm-hmm. I think it's really good. The question is, does the offense bounce back and just uh, have a lights out game? Or is it like a, a huge letdown and they, you know, cover by like 10 or 20? Because they know that's the last game before. I think it's like, Auburn. Yeah. And then and then they're in the They SEC have time to figure it out. Yeah. Uh, or they you would think. You don't think they would stumble, especially with how good their defense is. Even if their offense can't get it figured out, they should win what's in front of them. Dude, that that number ninety nine, I don't know his name for George on the defensive line the might be like nose the tackle guy in, in the middle. Football. Dude. Yeah. He's a monster. It's <laughs> he's a monster. He is ridiculous. Um <laughs> So the other big game, um, Penn State Wisconsin. We we probably won't really talk about that. Um, but the other big game was, or t- game that actually turned out to be really exciting was the Notre Dame Florida State game Sunday night. Um, not we don't have NFL football yet, so it was refreshing to get some college on a Sunday. And man, my head was all over the place in that game. 
they looked awesome for a decent chunk of the game. Come out of the the gates, great touchdown. Then they put their you know foot on the gas a little bit to start the second half. They go up thirty-eight to twenty. I'm thinking my you know love or like whichever it wants minus seven was super super safe we're gonna win by double digits no problem and then they forget how to play football and florida state comes soaring back and how many times in college football do you see a college kicker miss a kick that they probably should make and the game is won or lost off of missed kick and that's i mean it's exactly what happened here. It's you know you can't trust college kickers, and that's for my sanity. Luckily, I was on the right side of this one. We'll take the win overtime. Exciting game, and it is on to Toledo week two. But yeah, that's <laughs> jeez that it, they gave me a little heart attack. That's for sure. I think if you're Notre Dame though, like and granted, I'm not the biggest Notre Dame supporter. You're pretty happy with how like the quarterback situation looked, right? Like it was, in my opinion, better than I expected. He looked really sharp, and I think like to your yeah, I think if it was a close game throughout the whole game, it would be a little different. But it for me, it was they were winning by eighteen, and something they something happened where they just stopped, and so I think they have a they look. Really good, like you said, quarterback play. The offense was pretty explosive. They had a little bit more of that vertical big play threat that uh, I guess I would say that they're not as known for. You know, you see Bama when they play. They score 70-yard touchdowns like it's like it's normal. And they had a few of those big plays, which was exciting, and I enjoyed watching that. On the flip side, big win or big blowout win for Tennessee – um, but I ended up losing that love by half a point, which all I, all you can do is tip your hat to Vegas, right? Like, what are you going to do? I, I started doing the math, I think at like at 30, before, it was a little before 31, they hit a field goal and I was like, okay, I'm, I'm in trouble because now a seven points gets me to half a point And you just know yeah. somehow Vegas knew that. It's happened. It's happened. That's case when you start doing the math early you already know you're in trouble when you're when you're trying to do the math early because how many times do you lose by the half point where your team can't do anything about it it's like we all right we score a touchdown here great we're gonna lose still the issue the big issue too was with the tennessee game is like the running game was good and we were blowing up like chunk plays it was like 5 10 15 20 yards and but we were all like waiting for the passing you know the passing game to like take take flight and it just it really didn't like joe milton really was underwhelming (laughs) like we're back like you said week one like we're back to square one like i'm complaining about quarterback issues and like we play pit this week i think i think we're in trouble like if our defense looked fine against bowling green right like we should not be evaluating our performance the bigger issue is like why couldn't we throw the ball at all? Receivers dropping passes, Joe Milton overthrowing like 100% touchdowns by like 10 yards. Like it's just uh, hopefully it's all nerves. Hopefully it's all first game jitters. But uh, was really hoping that it was going to look a little more UCF-ish than it did vintage. You know, 
vintage last 20 years of Tennessee. Yeah. And that's so let's go into our our picks then and just quick review on how we did. I started out having Kansas State and Army in the morning game. Kansas State was my lock. They looked pretty sharp. They took care of business. Not very stressful game. And I I don't even know if I need to say that my Army bet won, but it clearly won and I'm back with Army. They just that one felt so good. They were a two-point underdog, ends up winning forty-three to seven, I believe. And again, that's that's my feel-good team. I I can just I, I sense when Army is gonna be good for me. And I this year I was like, let's get on them early, week one. No messing around this year. Um, so hot start, and then I proceed to lose my next three. And you know when you think you have a little bit of momentum going, you stumble out of the gate one two and three lose back to back to back and um not exactly how you want to finish your your first week but uh you know better than going oh and five i got out to a very slow start with tennessee missing by half i kept me up at night but heading to the weekend i was like it all can reset but then you know Kentucky looked a little shaky early. I actually really like the way they look, though. Like, that quarterback can, like, toss a ball. Um, they cover. And then uh, I felt very, very good about that Georgia money line. Once I started watching the game, it just felt like Clemson, your DJ guy, wasn't going to do it. Uh, on the flip side, I have no excuse for my Miami pick. Like, Bryce Young, and what I thought about Bryce Young, like, he looks good. Uh, Bama looks vintage Bama. And that's what we talked about going into it. Like, you were hopeful that Miami could produce enough big plays and, you know, 18 and a half, 19 and a half points, that's a lot of points. But again, how many times have we seen Alabama come out of the gates flying week one and just do exactly what they did? And they, they remind us. It's almost like the... What am I trying to think of? Like back with like Tom Brady. Like what year? When is Tom Brady gonna be bad? All right, this is the year. He's he's gonna falter. And then what do you know? No, he's Tom Brady. Stop doubting Tom Brady. Stop doubting Alabama. That's basically what it comes down to. And in many ways, it's like don't bet against or don't overthink it. Right? Like don't think you're don't think you're like smarter than you need to be just it's simple it's easy bama blows out the first game like every year especially against these like halfway teams they have better players they have better coaching like don't don't overthink it i don't care how big the number is right now now we know make it 30 next year against i don't care i'm taking bama um but i think the big one that annoyed me the most was lsu looking like garbo um i just never i honestly never felt like they were gonna hang around like it always felt like ucla you know you can get a feel when a game's competitive and it's like we don't really know who's gonna win and then you need lsu to cover like they have to like eat points you're like this isn't it's not even on their mind right either we're gonna get backdoor covered with some weird field goal or some late touchdown like we're never gonna this is never gonna work out very similar feeling to miami and actually i was for the miami game i was actually at pinehurst and i was golfing i was like i'm not gonna check my phone i know this game's going on and then I check and it's like, what is it, like 24-3 or 17-3? And I'm like, in the like 
first half, and I'm like, all right, this this was so dumb. It got <laughs> it got ugly quick, but I'm happy that you at least were on a golf course and you didn't have to watch that. That's one of those games yeah, where true. you don't even have to get excited for it because you're not you're not <laughs> watching it. And when you watch a game like that, and you know within the first three minutes of a game that you're on the wrong side of it, it's what do you do? You can't do anything. You end up watching about the first half, and you're like, I just wasted so much time think, thinking what, that maybe maybe I can squeak one out here, and it, it rarely happens. It's actually a dangerous game to be watching a game you're completely out of all at the beginning because then you're like, oh, I could maybe live line it and, and crawl some back. And I've never had success. No, that. once you, I'm, I'm the worst live line better. One, once you start <laughs> getting in the chase mode, you're even yep. if you get it right, you're just gonna end up breaking even, right? And that it's how many times does that happen? Not not often. Um, I think for both of us. I thought it was uh, pretty interesting where if for both our teams, Tennessee and Notre Dame, if we hedged happiness, we would have had our team win and we would have won money, <laughs> which is just, it's why, we, it's why it's Tennessee, called hedging happiness right there. Tennessee scored 14 points in the first like eight minutes and I saw the live line go to like 45 and I was like, oh my God, we're going to win by a million. I should have hedged out i should have hedged out because then there's that sweet spot right where you could win both and be double happy yes or you're you know but yeah so that was our week one i think um we're gonna we'll get into week two but before we kind of get into week two we have our first ever guest all right so we have our first ever guest on hedging happiness he, I know this guy quite well, as he is my older brother, Mike Beesler. Uh, welcome to the show, Mike. Welcome, guys. Thanks for having me on. Of course. Uh, so some of your, let's go over some of these real quick, and you can tell me how accurate these are. I think they're pretty good. I have a reliable source. Um, so you were a High school quarterback and a kicker. Uh, 2008 was when you guys won a state championship, or was it 2007? It was the fall. Yeah, fall and of 2007. You guys went 13-0. and You were the Correct. Prep Nation Kansas State Player of the Year, the EKL Correct. First Team or Offensive Player of the Year, and First Team Quarterback and Kicker. Correct. You were voted to the Topeka Journal and Wichita Eagle All-Class Elite 11, which is a pretty big deal, if I remember correctly. There, are, there were some pretty notable names on that team. Uh, Arthur Brown, who played for the Ravens, was he on that list? He was. It's not as prestigious as the Trent Dilfer Elite 11, but uh, the Wichita in uh, Topeka is, <laughs> is up there. It's fairly close. But yeah, Arthur Brown and Bryce Brown were on that list. I know uh, Bryce both, Brown. Yeah, both fantastic. I think Bryce was the number one overall high school player in the country his senior year. He was a member of that team, his uh, or that you know honor his junior year, along with his brother Arthur. Beasley, that's something actually we share in common. I think Bryce Brown initially went to Tennessee 
he did. for a couple of seasons, then transferred to Kansas State, right? Yeah, he did. He went to Bryce, or he went to Tennessee for a year and then joined his brother at Kansas State for his uh, last two years, I believe. So we, yeah, so we had Arthur Brown, Bryce Brown, and Mike Beasler. That's pretty cool to say. It is. That's, <laughs> yeah. uh, it's, it's pretty awesome. Um, I'm not done yet, though. Um, some of your statistics included you threw for close to 2,400 yards, which I believe you had set a record, or maybe you were chasing your previous year record, but you threw for 2,375 yards with 30 touchdowns and 10 interceptions, and that was across a 13-game season. Does that sound about right? It sounds about right. It's not as good as today's standards, but back in the day when we weren't throwing the ball over, all over the park, it was, you know, fairly respectable. And uh, I should I should point out that four of those came in the state title game, so not very good. <laughs> four of the interceptions came in the state title Correct. game. Correct. Now, I will say they were on, on tipped balls. I wasn't the tallest of guys, but, uh, but yeah, not very good. <laughs> I remember that state final, and... I was a little nervous because you did not have a great game and it was very out of character from you. But obviously that, that was, was the state you won. Yeah, it was. Uh, we we were up thirty-one to seven with I don't know four minutes left, but it wasn't my best of games at all. There was a there was a guy on the other other side. His name was uh, Blake Bell, also known as the Belldozer. <laughs> he was a pretty good player for the other team. He is a tight end for the Kansas City Chiefs now. So, yes, I think that is safe to say he was a pretty good player. Mike, did you get any looks at, uh, at, in, for college? I did. I had a lot of Division II offers. Um, I had a very brief stint. I accepted a preferred walk-on offer at Kansas uh, with Coach Mangino and had a very brief stint uh, playing for the University of Kansas my, my freshman year. And then decided to take my talents to the uh, the academic side. <laughs> the academic side being the Greek al- uh, academic letters. Hey, three three A GPA doesn't lie. Certainly does not. Go ahead, Luke. No, I uh, listen. I think you know how like the you have the wing T, then you had like the spread, and then you have you know all, the West Coast, like all these offenses, right? I believe that I can revolutionize revolutionize, revolutionize college football. Okay. Or football in general. How so? Right? And I believe that I would my team would be maybe like six Mike Beasler's starting, <laughs> right? Okay, so well, tell me just tell me if this is like realistic and if you say no, I don't believe you. <laughs> what you the play is this. You snap the ball. It's basically like a a designed lateral play permanent like that's the play call you know you see all the reason i say that is because you see all these games where you know last second laterals happen and if you can make the lateral game happen for long enough it it tires the other team out and there's no coordination on the defense you know and then at some point it's one-on-one you need to make one guy miss right what you need is to have four quarterbacks you know spread throughout the field athletic can run and then you have like maybe some receivers, maybe like you don't have any linemen, right? It's just all like blocking and laterals all the way down the field. And if you take it to the extreme, you could you can start this play in the beginning of the fourth quarter 
and you don't let the other team off the field for the entire quarter. You just run the clock down. Doing yeah. So basically, so basically, what you're saying is like bringing Pep Guardiola to, or the in the Tiki Taka to, to American football, right? Yeah, it's like it's like a it's like a football rugby. You know, you get like a bunch of like Chavi or Chavis and guys who Iniestas who aren't like the most fast or the most athletic, but can see the field and can play three steps ahead, and you just keep the ball the whole game, and you know get the ball yeah. close to the close to the goal line, and you maybe kneel down and kick a field goal and go in a half and call it good. Done. We're winning like UNC basketball won in like the 40s or whatever, where there was no shot clock, right? Like we're the, just the, the, the four corners basketball. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think you might. Be, I think you might be onto something. <laughs> I, I I do like the creativity, and I think also what you're saying is you need about six Lamar Jacksons and two Michael Vicks, and with that team, yeah, you could be okay. Yeah. So so my 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 counterpoint to that is I don't know if it would work well with me. Running a four seven or four eight, um, <laughs> you might need you might need a couple four fours in there uh, to actually make some guys miss. But I, I love the idea. Yeah, I want the reason I like. I think you you look like a stamina runner, less of a four four guy maybe, and so that's like what we need for this for this system. Yeah, you know, I'm better in tight spaces. You know, yeah, they're perfect. I was like a great I was a great zone read guy. I was gonna get you seven. I wasn't gonna get you forty, but I was gonna move the chains <laughs> slowly but surely. Right. So let's get into week two. Let's talk about the, you know, some of the bigger games this week. I went over the schedule and there's not a ton, but the ones that caught my eye was Oregon at Ohio State. A little in-state rivalry with Iowa going to Iowa State. And then another in-state rivalry that has caught my attention is BYU versus Utah. That is a huge game here in Utah. So those ones have my attention. I know, Luke, let's have you talk about the Ohio State game as you've got some interest in it this week. Yeah, so my, my brother is a resident, plastic surgery resident at Ohio State, and so me, him... Actually, he can't even go now because he's going to be working. Me, two of our friends from Knoxville, and my brother's fiance Bridget, are uh, her are going to go to the game. Um, but honestly, what an almost disaster this was. This I looked at week two maybe like a couple weeks ago, and I was like, this will be you know how many games am I missing by going to this game? And it's like really none. Like it's a boring week. But the game almost like lost all of its allure when Ohio State was blowing it against Minnesota. And then Oregon was blowing it against, what was it, Fresno State? Fresno, yeah. So, yeah, it's like the game, like, almost complete, like, week two was about to be a total snooze fest. Uh, but they, I mean, Ohio State covered for some people. Uh, Oregon, not so much. But, yeah, I'm pumped. I've never been to the Horseshoe. I haven't really been to too many non-Tennessee games. So, I, uh, I'll talk about it later, betting Ohio State just because I'm there. I think that's a great idea. You are going to be, <laughs> especially you have Ohio State and Oregon, two teams that you don't really have any rooting issues to, um, but you're going to be there, so you want to root for someone. You don't necessarily want to root for a good game. You want to root for your team to win. Um, so we'll, we'll have you talk about that more in detail. Um, Mike, Let's. I guess before we talk about the other games, let's ask you, what kind of like what do you like watching is it sec football big 12 being you know back in kansas city like what is your cup of tea what do you prefer it's a good good question um 
obviously being a former football, former football coach, I like everything. Um, but what I really like is these like new, new aged offenses. I was a former offense coordinator, so I kind of like to see kind of what are, what are teams adapting? What are they tweaking? What are they adding to this year? Um, and when I watch a game, I'm, I'm kind of hard to watch a game with because I like to rewind a ton. And, and the re- and so my wife always gets pissed at me because like, I have to re- I have to basically watch every play twice. And the reason being is I always watch the guys up front first. No, fo- that's like football guy 101, right? But I like to watch the guys up front first because everyone nowadays have adopted these very um, kind of complex, sophisticated gap schemes um, that you know incorporated the RPO style to the to those gap schemes. So I watch that first, and then I'll rewind it really quick, and then I'll watch the perimeter game. You know, see what coverages guys are in. You know, see what route trees people are running. Um, the big one, and I, I'm not going to talk too much about it because this is going to lead to a fur, uh, further conversation. But Coastal Carolina, one of my favorite teams to watch of this year. Um, incredibly sophisticated run game with some really really slick RPO pass concepts on top of that. Um, UCLA guys, Chip is back. Don't you think? I mean, after watching UCLA, I know they're off this week. That was going to be one of my loves, no matter who they played. Uh, I know they're off this week, but Chip is back. He's got it rolling up in Pasadena. Um, but that's that's kind of what I look for. We had no confidence in UCLA. Uh, we both were on LSU pretty heavy. And so, yes, when you say Chip is back, both Luke and I are fully aware that UCLA's back, <laughs> as well as LSU is still stinky. Honestly, hear, by hearing you talk for, like, the last, like, minute and a half let just that is like the opposite of everything this podcast is about like we don't <laughs> we don't know x's and o's i don't even know what you're talking about with schemings and all these acronyms like we are feel <laughs> like so this is like a this brings a nice like flavor of people who know what they're doing um well but, that's you know, where that's where like i i get into this like conundrum is like i'm a big feel guy you know like Okay, mascot died last week. Got to just, <laughs> yeah. you know, hammer hammer the mascot dying, you know. First game back from COVID. But then I also try to mirror it with my, you know, somewhat decent knowledge of the game. And sometimes I just, you know, it's like between a rock and a hard place. I don't really know what to do. Um, but, yeah, it's those are, like, the two things I look for. I don't really watch by conference. Um, obviously the SEC is really, really good, but the problem with the SEC is you you just got Bama in there, you know? So it's like, it doesn't really matter what you're watching because Bama's going to be Bama. Yeah. Um, same thing with the ACC, you know, like I know Georgia kind of took a doo-doo on Clemson, but you know, Clemson's generally going to win the ACC. That's my biggest complaint right now with college football is first 12 weeks are fairly intriguing for the most part, but we really know the top six teams are going to, battle for those final four spots do you think do you think that and i've i've debated this with somebody do you think clemson has any shot or like better than a do they have any shot at making the college football playoff after losing to georgia absolutely if they went out if they went out they'll make it because the because of their name recognition because they i'm assuming georgia's going to be up there in the top four the rest of the I year i think i agree with you that they but I, they need some help and this is my thought process is if you have a 
Big Ten team, Ohio State, goes undefeated. Georgia and Alabama go undefeated and play each other in the SEC championship. Both those teams will be in, no matter what. Yeah. And then let's say an OU goes undefeated. Those are four teams that will get in. OU, OU will not go undefeated. No, but that is my point about, you know, of course not. We, we've talked about that. That was one of our teams <laughs> that we loved. And But that's, that's kind of just like, uh, you know, they, they do need some help. And I think, that you know, Cincinnati, if they go undefeated, now that's an interesting debate. Does a one-loss Clemson Absolutely. team get in or does an undefeated Clemson team get in? Well, that's going to tell you everything about the college football playoff. If Cincy goes undefeated and you have a one-loss, potentially two-loss Georgia team, in my prediction, you're going to have a one- or two-loss Big 12 team. I think Ohio State, based off watching Penn State and Wisconsin, I think they're going to go undefeated. Pac-12 is always a dice roll. Um, You're going to have a very hard decision with taking – potentially one or two loss SEC team or potentially one or two loss Big 12 team over Cincy, who I think is going to be undefeated. If they don't get in, then just why does it even matter, right? I agree with that. It's especially because they do have a harder schedule this year. They play Notre Dame. That's their huge game. They play. uh, Yeah. And I think they're going to beat Notre Dame. Yes. And we'll see. They obviously, they looked really good week one. Uh, I'm excited to watch that team continue to play because it, a little bit of spice with these uh, non-Power 5 schools is kind of what we need. If we really want to shake up how the playoff system works, Cincinnati almost needs to go undefeated. Well, not to get into my further conversation, but Coastal's going to go undefeated as well. I I can see that. I mean, they lost to BYU last year, but they they don't really have a great schedule, but they're a good team, so we'll see. It's not a great schedule. But they're gonna be they're gonna be who's on their plate, so to, you know it's gonna be interesting. Yeah, I, I agree with that. They certainly have shown obviously a ton in the last year, and then they look obviously very sharp uh, week one. Let's get into our picks now. Uh, let's. I think you might have been alluding to something there, Mike. Uh, let's start with yeah. Let's start with your likes, I guess, though. Okay. Do you want me to do uh, both of them to start? Yeah, why not? And, uh, yeah, give both of them just, you know, why you like them. Maybe their jersey or something, or maybe give us a big old scheme thing. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so my, my first like, which was potentially going to be a love, is Texas minus seven uh, at Arkansas. I think Texas is back. We've been saying it for three or four years, um, but I truly believe that they're going to – I, I think they're going to win the Big 12 this year. I really do. Whoa. Big, yeah. Uh, they returned, I think they returned 16 or 17 starters. Um, so I'm a firm believer in Sark. He, that guy is a freaking genius. Um, he's familiar with the SEC West. He's played Arkansas a ton with his career at Alabama. Um, they handled a, a really good Louisiana Lafayette team last week. Um, fairly comfortably, to be honest. And this Bijan Robinson guy, I'm telling you, he is the absolute real deal. He's the number one recruit coming out of college for running backs. Last week he had 24 touches, I think close to 200 yards and two tutties. Uh, this guy's the real deal. I, lo- I like Texas, you know, fairly comfortably. I think, you know, 41, you know, 27, 24 down in Arkansas. Uh, my second like of the week is Iowa plus four. I believe they're traveling to Iowa State. 
they they just shit pumped <laughs> Indiana last week, um, yes, which Indiana's was a good team. You know, they brought a lot of re- a lot of starters back and just totally dismantled them from the from the first kickoff. Um, I think you know, I, if my memory calls correctly, Iowa lost their first two games by like five or six points last year and one out. I think they won their six or seven games in a row after that. Um, you know, ISU struggled against Northern Iowa, which I know a lot of people are going to be like, oh, you know, you, you want a close game against an FCS team, but Northern Iowa is a really good program. Um, but I'm just not sold on Iowa's, Iowa State's offense, so I, I really like Iowa, Iowa plus four. I think it's a field goal game. This is really good because you're about to see, like, the, the contrast between – Mike and the X's and the O's and us and the field because I also one of my likes is Iowa but it's money line and here's what I'm thinking I I like that too I just look like nor I get it like and we'll say this I'll say the same thing about Tennessee and Bowling Green like we have Pitt week two Iowa State has Iowa week two like we're gonna throw like a very vanilla offense together yeah and we're just like not gonna we're not gonna reveal anything because we know how big that game is that being said, it's still week two. I it's I guess it's the home it's this it's the home game that's giving Iowa State the edge. But like Iowa looked so good. So like, good. They look so offense, defense, everything. Like they they look fast. They look big. And so like I think I'm becoming like more of a money line guy for some of these games where it's like, this is a toss-up. You know, is Iowa State actually may they be they may be bad. You know they can't. They beat a Northern Iowa team. That's like, I don't know. I don't know any. Or I don't know anything about them. I think we we talked about this too last week. Where these early weeks, you don't really know. So like, is Iowa no. really really good? And we'll find out. But what a great if you guys believe in them, and what an opportunity to take them money line because it is so early that maybe Vegas doesn't have them figured out yet. Yeah, and I like the uh, the thing that I was like. I remember last year the quarterback was it. It's like Petras or something. It's something Greek, right? Brock He's Purdy, like, or for Iowa for, State or Iowa? No, for Iowa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Petras. Yeah, he was like kind of like he was like kind of the weak spot a little bit, like hot and cold, and like he looked lights out in their game against Indiana, like so good. So I like. I'm with you. I like Iowa money line, um, and then I am going to continue riding the uh, the Kentucky train. They are playing Missouri this week. I got them at minus four and a half. Um, I watched, I didn't get, I didn't catch the game. I watched like the 15 minute extended highlights. Like, and the thing that I was concerned about that looks good is their quarterback. Like he's got touch. They're throwing some bombs. Like uh, what was it? Kentucky for the last couple of years had like Lynn Bowden who just yeah. kind of ran, they ran some sort of option the whole time, played really good defense. Now they have a solid defense, and this guy can, like, looks like he can really air it out. No, so. Slovis is a baller. He's a, he transferred from Penn State. Dude can absolutely yeah. rip it. He's phenomenal. He, looked, he looks good, and with a good defense, like, the, Kentucky could actually be dangerous, I think. So those are my yeah. two, my two yeah. likes. I like that. You're running with a little bit of momentum, um, which is exactly what I am doing as well. I am back on Army this week, minus six and a half. Let's go. Again, they took care of business week <laughs> one. They're, they're, they're going to do it again. I'm not going to watch the game. I didn't. I was following the game. I still don't know a single player on their team, his name. 
<laughs> but it's a team that I can just blindly follow, and they, they will do good things for me. Army, six and a half. I believe at home versus Western Kentucky. And then my next like is BYU plus seven versus Utah. That's a rivalry game. I just... I, I think it's going to be close. Typically, these games are pretty close. BYU burned me last week, uh, but Utah did not look great in their first game against Weber State. Uh, they, they, they took a little bit of time to kind of get the, the wheels moving. So I think this is more of a seven points in a rivalry game. I think it'll, it'll be close, come down to maybe the last drive or something like that. And that is my X's and O's as well rivalry game <laughs> so it's close you get you, you guys are field guys right so oh yeah should we take every academy team on saturday 20th anniversary see that's the stuff that i need to know yeah <laughs> i didn't know that either it's 20th anniversary see i like that because i actually looked into navy and i kind of like navy they i looked i just looked checked air force actually plays navy i didn't did you know i that? did know that and no, can't do that <laughs> I no, know. but that's a classic under game. So cut this part out. Yeah. <laughs> cut it off. <laughs> so that, that actually no is um, a little bit of an issue. <laughs> you, you, you choose. Uh, that's yeah, you good, choose. though. Yeah, that, cut it out. That makes me feel <laughs> ten times better about my army bet, though. Not that I needed to feel good about that one. I already do. But there's no way they, they don't handle business now. Um. That's great piece of information, though. I like that. I if you have any more of those tips, please keep them coming, because <laughs> um, that's what this that is exactly what we are all about. Uh, I'll start with the loves, right? Again, I have two, and this is going to sound. This is going to be funny because people are going to be like, "Well, this is stupid." Because does he even look at other games or not? <laughs> because I'm on Notre Dame minus sixteen and a half versus Toledo. I. I believe that line before the Florida State game was something like 2021, 20, and based on the Florida State game, it's dropped under that like good 17 number. And again, I think Notre Dame they could have won that last game by a couple scores. They just they they let fo- you know lost some focus or whatever it was. Toledo is not they're not they're not a worthy opponent. I think they're going to roll. They showed that they have some firepower on offense and i think they cover this maybe 40 to 17 like in that region and then my next one is florida minus 27 and a half at south florida mishu i'll let you go next because i think this is one of your picks as well and i'll let you talk about this game yeah so I would have never ever bet this game, but when I went to when I was in Pinehurst, so I went to Raleigh the night before or on Thursday night to catch a Tennessee game, and I think at the six o'clock game, North Carolina State was playing USF, and oh my God, USF looks so bad, like next level bad. I think North Carolina State won by like thirty something points. Like USF didn't get a sniff. Like this was a complete blowout. And also, here's another feel thing. With Bama playing well, Georgia playing well, like Florida is still, they're not in that tier of the SEC, but they're in the next tier. And I think everyone is sort of like sleeping on them because they lost Pitts, they lost Tony, they lost Trask, and they're not going to play anybody for a while. Uh, I really like Florida to just, I think, like 
honestly like 50 to like 14 something something along those lines and that would do it and we the math works it's nice when we <laughs> have uh, aligned interest for games because when we start getting rolling uh, good thing we have unlimited text because we start firing them off every single play <laughs> and it's just the good mojo that a good juju that you need sometimes I, I not to cut in not to cut in Luke but I do love Emory Jones that guy's a baller quarterback of Florida he got like utilized he's been utilized really weird while Kyle Trask was there like coming in like you have a Heisman quarterback he's coming in running plays and like wildcat formations you know like not not totally taking advantage of his skill set he could be, th that team could be dangerous you know you never I, know I'm not I'm I will not compare him to Tebow but it was kind of reminded me of the Tebow year when Chris Leak was playing quarterback and they brought Tebow in to like you know, do these kind of BS, you know, wildcat packages and so forth. Then it utilizes his full capabilities. Uh, I'm, I'm high on him. So I, I love that pick. Love it. What do you got, Mike? So my two loves of the week. Uh, my first one is the Mizzou, Kentucky over at 56. Scared me for a second. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm, I do like Eli at uh, Mizzou I think he's a fantastic coach I think he's got a good program rolling but I'm just not sold on their defense and uh more so I'm high on Kentucky's offense I think this Will Levis dude is a baller I loved him out of high school I thought he was going to win the starting job at Penn State he didn't transferred into Kentucky I think he was like you know almost 400 yards and four tutties and three quarters of work last week um albeit against a not a very good comp or opponent but I just think that number is too low. I see that game being, you know, in the 40s and 30s. Uh, so I think that, you know, that over-under is a little, little bit low at 56. Um, that, is second, music, that is music to my ears. Like, it doesn't matter how you get there. We're ending up in the same place. Absolutely. These picks. Yeah. <laughs> and, hey, I live, I live and die by the quarterback. And I think this guy, I, th I really do. I think he's a baller. I think he's a really good player. Um, my second love of the week is USC minus 17. I like that. I've seen pick. it at 16 and a half. I've seen it at 17 and a half. The last I checked was at 17. Uh, USC has done fairly well recruiting the last three years. Um, I think they returned like 19 guys, um, including their quarterback and top two rushers. But more importantly, this is not a really about USC. This is about Stanford being dog shit. <laughs> they are not good. Horrible. Um, I watched them play. I watched them play K State, which I think K State's a really good team. Um, Chris Kleiman, I think he's a really, really good coach coming from North Dakota State. Really high on him. I've heard him speak in numerous clinics. That dude knows what he's talking about. But Stanford's terrible. They could not. They were struggling to get first downs. Um, I think this is one of the worst teams in in the you know most recent years for Stanford. And uh, so this is, this is more about Stanford being terrible than USC being on the, on the up and end. So I like that pick because as you guys listened last week, not to toot my own horn, but Kansas State was my lock. And yep, that yep, game was yep. so yes, comfortable was. because, like Mike said, Stanford never threatened like, at, at all. And no, certainly you would think – that USC is a more talented team than Kansas State. I don't think you can argue that. Kansas State ended up winning by 17, 
that's our spread. Like, it, let's it, let's not overthink this. USC's better than K-State. They should handle business Absolutely. against Stanford. I like that pick a lot. Um, so what are we on to now? We're on the, only to- thing, the only caveat about that, this is why I was going back and forth with Texas and USC being my like and love. I don't trust the USC's coach. Not a fan. Hot seat? I think he's on the hot seat. So I think uh, I think Franklin at Penn State is the next guy there. Wow. That is interesting. Because we, we went after him. Tennessee went after him. And it was like some – he like leveraged it to get some – I think it was like some facility – uh, funding and, and there's some weird stuff. I don't. So you think he's holding out for like USC potentially? I think that's a no-brainer job for him. Is he from California? Where's he from? Oh, Franklin is from. I know he was at Vandy. Then he went Penn State. I don't know where he's like originally from though. I could see him I, being. A I think it's guy. the fact that it's USC, right? And it's USC. I right. Think Penn State is a. They're. It's we're not we're not trying to say it's they're some joke of a program but it's still usc and i think i think that's a dream job for a ton of coaches so franklin's from pennsylvania doesn't help my prediction (laughs) (laughs) Uh, what we'll see i I like but i just think i just think it's a good fit i really do If, if franklin has another subpar year at penn state and then this the clay guy at uh usc i'm not a fan i just think it's a good a good fit yeah, we'll see. I, I like that. It's uh, it's kind of out there, but it's not, like, insane. You know, he's one of a handful of, like, top coaches, and the, the top tier of coaches aren't going to go to USC, so you kind of need that, like, second-tier coach that would go to USC, I would. Yeah, who's done well, who's done well, who's kind of just hit a plateau. Yeah, I like it. We'll see. Uh, very funny, though, that he's from Penn State. You nailed that one. <laughs> not a great prediction <laughs> oh, he did coach at k-state back in the day nick he did i did know that actually uh which would be nice to have well Kleinman's good like you said but let's go to our locks this is our our most confident picks the ones that we feel great about uh i'm one to know luke you are zero and one so thank you. You really want to avoid going zero and two. So let's let's hear what you got. Yeah. So the way I think about my lock is, you know, what do I? There's two ways to go about it. What do I think is going to happen? What do I absolutely want to happen? I'm going to be in the horseshoe, cheering on my Buckeyes. My Buckeyes. Hopefully, <laughs> a handful of beers deep. I I have found the the amount the unit amount that is going to get me so excited to be in scarlet and red. Uh, no, but I, look, I saw the end of the Ohio state game. I think that what you saw at the end of the game is, is the real Ohio state. I think the beginning was, was the kinks. Um, and I think Oregon, like you, they got a Fresno state team at home that they, uh, they struggled against. You know, like they were, I think they were down in uh, 24 21 at a point. I think this one could be just abusive, honestly. If, if Ohio State gets, I mean, what's that? What's their running back's name? It's like Williams? Dude, that guy They've is a, a few. tank. The big other thing about this game, too, is Oregon's best player probably won't play. The Thibodeau. T- he's, Thibodeau? Yeah, he's in a boot. He ankle sprained, so he might not even play. And. 
across the board, Ohio State, Oregon is getting very, very talented. They've done a really good yeah. job with recruiting. But it's one of those things to me. Are are they there? No, they're not. They're not. A, you have to prove it. And I don't think they. I don't think they have enough. Um, this was. Uh, I wanted to play this game, Luke, so bad on both sides, to be honest. But I just wanted to sit back week two and see how both teams play out. I think Cristobal has done an amazing job at Oregon recruiting, as Nick alluded to. He's recruited similar to Urban Meyer when Urban Meyer got to Ohio State. He's recruited heavily on the offense and defensive lines. He's kind of moved away from the Chip Kelly era of Oregon recruiting all skill guys. He's focused solely on the you know front sevens of both sides. So it's a fascinating matchup. I do I do agree with you. I think Ohio State's going to probably cover. Um, I wanted to place Ohio State as one of my loves, but I just wanted to see how Ohio State or uh, Oregon's defensive line matched up with Ohio State's offensive line, which absolutely mauled. Minnesota in the second half of that first that that uh, opener. I mean, they just destroyed them in the second half. And they've shown that they like they've got that big playability. And when you have a spread that's fourteen points, thirteen points. Yeah, no doubt they got the best right. They have the best wide receiver yeah. core in the nation. So and, and you you need that. It's it's hard or it's a much better feeling being on a team that has to cover fourteen points to be able to score. Yep. Within one play. It just yeah. ma- it makes you feel better. Yeah. Uh, you know yeah. what the worst part about this game is? It's it's a 12 p.m. It's a noon kickoff. Like, oh, what is wow. this game doing? As it's not a prime noon time. Ki- it's not prime time. It's uh, it doesn't so make do we, any sense. So yeah, so they're coming off the Pacific time. I mean, that's a yeah. big factor. It's I a 9 a.m. game. So maybe maybe game. I'll have to get on that too because that's a feel thing. That's a feel thing. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's totally a feel thing. Yeah, and that's what I like. You know. Uh, which oh wow that is huge news for me breaking news Oregon <laughs> you're is. also going off of you know Oregon didn't play in front of fans last year I know Ohio State di- didn't either but but it's at know, home Oregon's they've g- got their own it's juice. at home I, right but it's at home so you know it's a different atmosphere yeah. and I'm gonna be extra loud so <laughs> that's it yeah okay I like that you guys uh, <laughs> heard it here first that Luke will be extra loud and that the Buckeyes will cover. Oregon's going to be half asleep. I'm, a su- I'm surprised the line hasn't shifted already after me saying that. <laughs> it will. Once it once this gets released, you got to get a, get those <laughs> bets in real quick because that line's <laughs> going to move heavy. Um, Mike, what do you got? All right, I have a triple lock. Triple lock. Oh, the, the, fir- the, the, the first time ever. ever. The first time <laughs> ever on the pod. And and guys, I hate I hate. I hate this being my triple lock, but my triple lock is the Coastal Carolina KU game. KU, <laughs> as an alumni, former brief player, they are not in a good spot. I, I do love Coach Leipold. I think he's going to turn the program around eventually, but they are they're not very good right now. I know they beat a, you know, not a very good FCS South Dakota last week. Um. So my triple lock is Coastal Carolina minus seven first quarter, minus 14 first half, and minus 25 game. (laughs) Coastal Carolina, I think they ran like 70 plays and, you know, three quarters of action last week. K2 
KU's depth due to all their recruiting issues and coaching issues the last five years has been abysmal. I'm just absolutely frightened that KU's walking into a not good situation that they're going to get just absolutely rickrolled. They were in a 3-4 under less miles, so they've been recruiting a 3-4 the last three years, and uh, they've moved to a 4-3. Their run defense did not look very good last week. Coastal Carolina, in my opinion, has the best run offense in the the country. Um, I think Grayson McCall is the best RPO quarterback in the country. He's fantastic. It's going to be brutal. Bottom line, I don't need to give any more stats. It's going to be brutal. I'm seeing this game, you know, 50s, 60 to 7. Um it's oh gonna my get God. out of hand. Say no it's more. Gonna, I'm taking out a second get, mortgage. It's gonna get out of hand quickly. So whatever, whatever you can find for Coastal Carolina, I would place it. And it's on the the electric turf, isn't it? It's, it's in, on the electric turf, which matters. I don't. They, it's the um, what's their color? Because it's it's like teal, right? It's yeah. teal blue, but they have like a name for it, like wave blue or something. But that's like another thing where I you, you just gotta like seeing that. And, and KU yeah. So is. that's uh, that's a triple lock. So I I think basically you gave like a, all these great you know analytics, which is awesome because now I'm gonna back you up with this pick because I really enjoy this one as well. And here's my analytics to why you'd need to take Coastal Carolina is KU stormed the field after beating an FCS opponent. Like that's how bad they are. Oh no way. Like, that's how bad Correct. they are. They did. But, Nick, it was their first win in 697 days. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And that's another Which reason why we need to take Coastal. It also demonstrates how bad KU is right now. They are, they are one of the worst Division One programs in NCAA history. I'm opening up my FanDuel account right now. Yeah, that, but that's like... When, when you're storming the field, it just means that's where your program is right now. Like, that... To your point, that was a huge win for them because they they almost lost that game, and you know that's no I'm not gonna say that's a program turning moment win for them because it was South Dakota, and I think they're gonna be into a harsh reality this weekend. And for the listeners, you you've got a triple lock here, and that is some spice yeah. for this week, and I like it. I like it. Yeah. Uh, finally, to me, I have Buffalo plus thirteen and a half at Nebraska. I ex ex coach Leipold team. Yep, gotta believe in Coach Leipold though. Yep. They again, I, I Luke and I are very different. Where like I I have a feeling the trend throughout this football season is going to be him betting these huge primetime games, which he has so far, and I'm just trying to like pick these. Like games that nobody cares about, like Army. It's the Rico Bosco, Rico Bosco approach. Yeah, uh, Buffalo plus thirteen and a half. I this is again. I think Buffalo's got a little bit to them. I mean, they smoked Wagner, which I don't like. That doesn't do much for me. But again, this is Nebraska. How good or how bad is Nebraska? And I think I'll know that pretty early in the game. And. <laughs> If Nebraska comes out and they march it down the field, I'll be in trouble early. But 14 points, 13 and a half points, 
against a team that has I feel like they're deflated like they know that their program is in a very um like a what's the right word like they're they're on that teeter-totter and they're about to lose it all like everything's about to unravel and I think this could maybe be the game uh we'll see though can I add something to that Nick yes you can so last week I sprinkled in a little one unit action on Fordham money line and they lost by what and they were 7-7 after the first quarter they (laughs) lost by they lost by 40 but after the first quarter I thought I was feeling it because I totally agree with you they're they're not teeter-tottering they're done yeah Uh, yeah and I I guess teeter-tottering is the and this is my lock so I, I do I do feel confident about it I was more or less giving them the benefit of the doubt of if they do play well, like it's, I'll look like a really big idiot if I'm saying they're done and this is my lock. But I, I do think that, like, that's why it's they. It's more about them and way less about Buffalo. Um, so we'll see. Those are our locks. I like it. You've got five locks this week. Um, so you know, choose your. I, if you want to go on all five, go on all five. <laughs> if you're a fuel guy, maybe you stick with Buffalo or Ohio State. And if you want to really dive into the numbers, it, I, I think we might have given you five good picks uh, for this week. So we are finishing up the show, unless you guys have anything else. But I think we are going to finish up with something. Last week we did the power ranking of Nickelodeon shows, and we had relatively similar lists. So we kind of wanted to change it up a little bit and do a snake draft of – uh, best beers to have and this is not necessarily this is kind of like the experience that feeling of like what's the best beer this isn't like a, you know Coors Light again we're not sponsored by Coors Light but you know if you're listening feel free um, so yeah we we will have, open it up to Mike you are a guest you have the first pick of best get the beers. first pick yeah Actually, no. Wait. Let's let you can decide which pick do you want to go. I'll take number one. Okay, I like it. Because I feel I just feel really strongly and adamantly about this pick. So. How do you guys feel about this list? Because I have some unbelievable fire coming out here. We might we might need to do a double snake. A double snake. Okay, we'll see how a it goes. Double snake. <laughs> Maybe we'll throw on some extra. Because I've got a ton as well. I've been thinking about this all day. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> we will give four picks. Um, you go first. That's what you want to do. Then let's do Luke and then me, and then I'll take the second. Okay. Round. Yeah, that, that's it. Let's not get lost in the snake either. Okay, my first pick for best beer is the post ski beer. Yeah, that was after you skied a, a full day one. on the slopes. You've got the you've got the tight ski boots on you know you walk back to your condo or you even get on the bus and go back to the hotel take them off take your ski gear off maybe get in the hot tub you, you never know and uh and crack a nice coors original it just doesn't get any better that's a great beer because it's it's gonna be cold as well like absolutely it's those beers are extra cold and then that's in exactly you're bundled up the whole day your feet hurt they've been jammed into skis get the all you want to do is go plop on the couch or, or a hot tub and and crack one open that's a great that's a great number one great pick yep guys that that beer pick was never at risk 
because the one <laughs> no, time I went, I went snowboarding and it was a miserable experience and I've never been skiing. So, <laughs> so <laughs> never at risk. Not on your one one. <laughs> yeah, it, was, it wasn't even on my top 15. Okay, so my, uh, my number one beer pick is the post yard work beer where you are so hot, so humid, grass everywhere, smells good, you did a good job, and you sit in the driveway in like a yard, in like a lawn chair, beer, in a nice koozie. No, nothing nothing better than post-lawn beer. Yeah, fantastic. That was gonna that was, be... Uh, that was uh, number two on my list, Luke. There you go. Me too. I'm a little annoyed that I am going third now because <laughs> my one-twos are off the board quick. Um, <laughs> Yeah, great. That's fantastic. Um, all right, to me, I get two picks now. I, I have a couple that I don't think are going to get taken, so I'm going to hold on to those. I will start with, this is kind of more specific to me, but we, we, we've all played sports. Um, it's that post-game locker room beer after you just, you know, for me, worked hour and a half, exerted yourself to the max, and you just sit down and you have a cold beer. Still in your uniform, you're still a bit sweaty. And I'm, mm, see, I, I'm, I was gonna transition into this one. I, I don't think I can, but I'll leave it for someone else's. When you transition then into the shower and that's that combo of them um, is something special. I'm not taking shower beer though. That is a post-game locker room beer. I'm not taking the shower <laughs> beer pick. Um, so that one's done because that was on my list. The post-game locker room, or the shower beer was. No, the we didn't have too many uh, post-game locker room beers in, at the high school level, but the shower beer was up there. <laughs> <laughs> That's a fair statement. To be honest with you, I we didn't either at Notre Dame because we all probably would have been kicked off the team <laughs> with our coach. But uh, <laughs> we uh, that is something that has been a nice little touch recently. Um, all right, number two for me. Let's see here. I'm going to go. This is a classic one. It's the, it's the airport beer. Uh, oh, that's my number two. And there, that's yeah. a there's one. no time on this one. Like when you're to the air, when you get to the airport, usually you, you're excited. You're going on a trip somewhere, and it could be at 8 a.m. and you still get an air. You could have an airport beer and it'll still be good. Uh, great beer though, airport beer. Absolutely. No matter what time it is, either. Yep. yep. It's true. It's true. I've had 6 a.m.s. I've had 9 p.m. airport beers. Um, okay, so that was my number two. I think I'm going to change it up. My number three beer is a, uh, it's, it's a solo cup beer. Okay. I think it's just, for some reason, it goes down easier for me in a solo cup rather even rather than a like a draft glass or anything and it take it takes me back it takes me back to you know darting to college to and and i always drink it a little quicker than i think yep you know it, it always it always gets the job done uh and it, it always tastes a little bit better so i'm a solo cup beer especially as we get older that's like a bring, bring give me I, do i still got it a little bit give me a little solo cup <laughs> like I never had it. I never had it. I just, you know. <laughs> it is. It's a nostalgic feeling, though. I love that pick. So my, this would be my second pick, right? I'm getting lost in the snake here. <laughs> you got two and My three. second, 
<laughs> yeah, my second pick is the first beer you have when you walk through an Airbnb that you and your buddies just rented out. You know, you guys all text each other, the pictures of it, whether it's on the beach or a lake or a mountain. It's like, oh, this place is so sick. But you don't really get to experience it until you walk through the Airbnb. Generally, it comes after a long travel day, whether it be a flight or a car ride. You get there, it's generally a bachelor party or something like that. Crack a beer and you just go check out every room. Like, oh, look at the bed in this room. Or the bath is the bath is so sick in this room. And the, you check out the basement and then you go check out the patio outside and the views. So my second pick's got to be the the Airbnb walkthrough beer. And that's after you've planned a after you've planned a bachelor party or guy's trip. That's a awesome pick that I. For sure, is I didn't have it on my list, but that one's so funny because usually you, at least for me, you you get in and then you like, you you check out a couple rooms and then you're like, well, I, I give me a beer for this, like I and then, and then you go get the beer, but it's like, I'm gonna go through and watch or look at every single room. I need a beer for that now. Yeah, the the classic line is, this place is way bigger than it seemed on pictures. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, or way nicer, like. I can't, Way nicer, yeah. I can't believe we got this for so cheap. Can you guys believe this kitchen? <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> uh, that's great. Good pick. Uh, Good pick. Yeah. My my third beer pick is pandering a little bit uh, to the Kansas side, but is a tractor beer. You can go out to the farm, you get on the tractor, and you're going to mow for like a couple hours. You throw in the headphones and put on some music, and you just mow. There's like nothing better for a guy to do than sit on a tractor and mow a bunch of acres of land and <laughs> have a cold beer. That's relatable for you guys because it is funny because if you're not from Kansas, you you just think there is farmland, which is definitely not the case, especially both Mike and I, we are from Kansas City, which is very much a suburban area. However, a farm has been an addition to the family, so... I, that's like a fresh beer for you that I'm sure you're like, this is a little different, but it hits. Oh, it's the best. Yeah. But your parents moved to a farm uh, or bought a farm? Just a, a plot of land that the, it's in the family now. And so it's like 45 minutes away. So it is pretty, it's it's pretty farmy. And it's something. How many acres? 63. It's off. 57. Oh. 57. Oh, man. That is yeah. a real piece of land. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So, Are they going to build? They're in the process of that right now. They're kind of building a house, but it, it's it's a really cool piece of land, um, and it's something that uh, as Mike and his Matt, our other brother, are expanding their families, it is it's something cool for those little kids to do, go deal. So cool! Yeah, all right, pick. I'll uh, I'll go. Uh, my next beer is the uh, the grilling beer. And this, I'm trying to encompass like 4th of July, Memorial Day, Labor Day, you know. And I'm not, honestly, like I don't grill, I don't cook that much and I don't grill that much, but man, I love holding a beer and standing next to the grill, you know, and I'll I'll point to the meat and be like, you know, flip that, whatever, take a swig. But uh, on a, it's usually a nice hot day. Uh, so yeah, uh, that's grilling a, beer. And that's just uh, like a classic. Ninth overall pick. That's like a class, classic dad move, like. 
Like, <laughs> oh, like, how do, you, how do you like your burger as you're, like, swigging your beer and whatever it might be, whatever your beer of choice is. Uh, that's a good pick. I like that one. Wasn't on my list, but it, it could have. Yeah, that, that's a strong pick. Yeah, it could have very easily been. So I've got the last two picks here. Um, I will go with a just a, a good beach day beer. You want to taste the sand a little bit. It's just like, I, I'm on the beach. This is, you know, it's windy. You're playing Frisbee games. You, you don't drop your beer. If you do, you, you, you put the little thing of sand to, like, hold it up like a little coaster holder. But uh, a beach beer always plays. Until Honestly, Sort of, sort of fell in the draft. I expected beach beer to go a little bit earlier than yeah. Well, I so agree. Tenth overall, it's a value pick. Ninth it's overall, a value pick. Yeah. And this next one is a good. I, I, I personally think this one's pretty good. It's a. It's when you're feeling kind of sad, right? You're you're feeling a little sad, and you you just start blasting some country music, a country music cheer up beer song, and it just flips your mood one hundred percent. Like they're speaking exactly to you with these, you know, the country music lyrics. That country music cheer up beer is an all time beer. Absolutely. I agree. They get concert it. beer. Concert beers out there. This is what also we gotta go do. We gotta do a double snake here. Well we got <laughs> we've got two more picks, right? Luke and then and then you on the tail end. Yeah. So I'm gonna round out my top four with the uh hair of the dog slash recovery beer in the morning when it doesn't matter how much sleep you can't sleep you can't work out to sweat it out you can't do anything the only thing that really takes the edge off a bad hangover is uh just hair hair of the dog beer and you can't do any hard alcohol too strong beer beer gets it done you yeah you're 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 in a tough spot it's the only thing you can do (laughs) last pick of our of our snake draft here, Mike. What do you got? So I'm 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 down between the last two here. Can I can I at least mention my other ones? Because I feel strongly about my other honorable ones well. mention. Yeah, honorable okay. mention. Let's let's give your pick, and then we can just name a few. Yep. Of them so uh, my last pick, not entirely relatable to the entire audience, but is the corn. It's all right. Either way, your tractor. <laughs> no, it wasn't. <laughs> This one's even less relatable. Uh, is the corner booth at the wheel beer? So for those not plugged into the KU scene, the wheel is a very famous bar. Been around for a long, long time. It's kind of a hole in the wall. But there's a corner booth that, like, when you get the corner booth for the night, it's like a really, really big deal. Like, oh my god, we got the corner booth. You get it maybe once a year. And uh, when you finally get that corner booth at the wheel, you get your cold beer, it's like, oh, guys, we made it. We got here early enough. We're going to be here for the rest of the night. Let's go. So my fourth pick is the corner booth at the wheel beer. I like it. Very specific, but I think that is, I guess, what it would be is, like, your your favorite spot at your favorite bar. Right. Like something, something like that, right? Yep. Where, where you finally you're in your comfort zone, you've nailed it. And it's just like it's um, so, it's so hard to obtain. You'd never get it. Um, so that's a very specific, not relatable to all the listeners, but for me, it <laughs> me it clicks. It's your, it's your it's list. It's my that's list. Why right. I like it. Um, all right, let's throw what else we got. Let's throw them out. 
furniture beer, putting together furniture beer. Specifically like, IKEA. When you're just when you're just stuck in the instructions and you're like, I need a beer. Furniture beer, move-in beer, like when you you move apartments or uh, your yeah you, your fridge is completely empty, but you know you'll like I need a beer, so you go get a six pack of beer on move-in day. I had a uh, pizza uh, and beer uh, as one great combo. I also had uh, I honestly wait went back and forth on golf beer. I think sometimes I'm drinking the golf beer and I grab it with the with the glove hand and then I get pissed, you know, and I'm like, dang it, now like club slipping in my hand and you know, all this stuff. So it's a little bit it's a little bit more difficult, I think, on the golf course. I had I had that. I had the first first beer after a par. Yeah. You're like feel, you know, when you're feeling good, like I got a par, I'm gonna have a beer. <laughs> that was on my list. I had uh yeah. Big Buck Hunter beer. Um playing Big Buck Hunter. That was like a big <laughs> game in college. You you know, getting you finally get the big buck hunter, you're gonna play for the next hour. Uh <laughs> Get that beer. That's a another very specific beer. one, but I, I can. Hey, it's my I, list. I can see how that could be a good beer. <laughs> yep. One that I'm shocked didn't make it was a like a boat beer. Ooh, yeah, beer. yeah, that was going to be on my list as well. Pool beer, tailgate beer. Yep, I was just going to mention um, that. So we're going to the Chiefs game on Sunday. Pat Mahomes against the Browns. Let's go. Three fifteen kickoff. We're going to get out there around noon. That like eleven thirty beer in the car on the way to the parking lot is gonna just be so fantastic. <laughs> Football's back then, right? Football is back in Kansas City. <laughs> I think this is maybe maybe this can be the last one. This is kind of funny though. It's the first like the first beer when you know you're about to have like a ton of beers. <laughs> yeah. like that that one that you're like, all right, this is this is the start. Like I'm about to have a ton of beers, so that first one hits even like it hits the best. <laughs> the last one I wanted to add was uh was was Thanksgiving Day beer. Mm. Mm. Like you know you, you do something <laughs> generally in the morning, but you get to your in-laws or your parents' house, you're not like super excited to be there, and it's like who's gonna be the first one to crack a beer? <laughs> it generally is always me. Yeah, you know exactly. it's like I don't want to be the alcoholic that drinks the beer at 11 a.m. but I kind of want to, and once you just first, once you first dive in, it just it's the best. Yeah, everybody's waiting for the first person. Absolutely. To do it. Once once you hear once you hear the crack, then it's it flows from there. Then it's like then you get your your uncles that are starting to drink the red wine at eleven twenty a.m. and it's <laughs> that's where it's like it's Thanksgiving. Yeah, it's generally like like first quarter of the Lions game, you know. Yeah. It's like 0-0. The Lions are playing the Bears. It's a terrible game. It's like, oh, whatever. I'll have a beer. All right. That is, yeah, I think that's all we have here. That is a strong episode, too. We went a little longer than what we kind of had expected. But um, thank you, Mike, for joining us. That was, yeah, thanks, that was Mike. fun. Uh, to give us a completely different side of of football brain uh i think that'll be interesting for some people to hear it so again thank you and if coastal carolina covers we'll have you back on if not like i don't want to talk to you ever again (laughs) i completely agree with that (laughs) statement all right well thank you um we will we will talk to you guys next week uh remember to follow the instagram page to see we are going to vote twitter and instagram vote on the snake draft this week as well as update uh, our records 
for the year so far. Um, so yeah, we'll see you guys next week.